Bloody Good Film Podcast! Welcome to a podcast about the only two genres of film that matter. Action and horror. I'm your host, Jesse. With me as always, my Leonard bro, Josh. This is the Bloody Good Film Podcast, and we are back. More Ninja Turtles. We are talking Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Use, and then Teenage Megan Fox Turtles 2, out of the shadows There's and no- laura mcgee is back welcome back laura yes thank you for having me back i'm excited to be here there's there's no two in the title for ninja turtles out of the shadows by the way it's just ninja turtles out of the sh- teenage mutant ninja turtles out of the shadows just but there should be because the- it made it hard to find it yeah well <laughs> yeah. I, I just I, we're i already talked about before we started recording that we had to correct some things for buzzkill and then i then we're coming right off the bat making fuck-ups here just it does not make us look good when we're trying to look down on some people. Thank you for coming back again, Laura. You're always welcome here. Thank you. I love being here. All right. Before we get into the Turtles, uh, let's go into those corrections that we had from two weeks ago when we did the original Ninja Turtles movies. They, uh, James especially, made a big deal about Josh Pace being the only guy to be in all three Ninja Turtles movies. He's the only one to, not to return to a single fucking movie. So he was a little off. He was in this one, <laughs> and that's it. Word, huh? Yeah, so Leonardo and Mikey from, from the first movie are in this one. Corey Feldman was going to come back as the voice of Donatello, but he got some drug charges that he pled no contest for. Didn't show up, but he showed back up for the third one, so he's been in two at least. So uh, uh, Leonardo and Mikey are the only ones that have shown up in every single movie. And also, uh, rats have partially prehensile... T- tails so uh jesus with the tail i i think uh the fact that uh if a mutated rat with a fully prehensile tail isn't that big of a deal so maybe calm the fuck down but you guys were great if you're listening to this you're welcome back eventually just gotta learn from your mistakes you can't we can't always be professionals all the time you're not on our level but we appreciate you guys coming on for the first movie all right i gotta say <laughs> something about that rat with the prehensile tail though every yeah, single time throughout the two movies when i was watching that i would say like oh that would never happen or oh that's such bullshit my daughter would look at me and go teenage mutant ninja turtles <laughs> and that was like <laughs> enough said <laughs> i mean yeah well I, at least, at least your daughter's smarter than you. That's a good thing. To, that's I like mean. something a parent should be able to appreciate. Like every <laughs> once in a while, I had like the dumb thought in my head, but my kid's smarter than me, so I, you got that I'm, going yeah, for you. Yeah, each generation's getting a little better. <laughs> Was that a backhanded compliment? Probably. All right, let's go into Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles two: The Secret of the Ooze. 
Shredder has returned and he's pissed. Seeking revenge against the turtles, he obtains the secret of their origins from TGRI, the mysterious ooze. Using the ooze, Shredder mutates the snapping turtle and a wolf into monstrous giants more powerful than the turtles combined. With this, them, nothing will stand in the way of the Shredder. That's very dramatic reading of the plot of this The movie. most dramatic movie <laughs> of all time. You've got to give it the bravo, bravado that this requires. <laughs> I'm so much more afraid of your shredder than of the shredder that they represented in the movie with like the the purple like dance suit on. Love the purple. I love the purple with the unnecessarily large cape. Like it's so cheesy <laughs> comic book, yeah. but it works. I think what's what's amazing about Shredder, and I said this in the last one, is uh, he manages to still be badass with all that purple. He's he's menacing still. He's still like a big figure. He's not. He doesn't do the cult thing as much as in this one. It's very much just like let's recruit some ninjas. Like they're all the fuck over the place. I would say a guy that was in a trash heap for however long this took after the first movie shouldn't be like that choosy about the kind of uh, people that he's recruiting. That that's just me, <laughs> right? So, so here's my thing, though. Like, the unsung hero of this movie is Tatsu, the bald guy from the first one who's really scary. Because Shredder got completely smushed and has been hanging out in just this trash heap for however long. And Tatsu somehow managed to single-handedly keep the foot together and recruit yeah, new people. Yeah, he owned it. He's just doing yeah. it. He's sidekick of the year. And he gets no credit. He gets three or four words in this movie and then gets shell-shocked. And that's absolutely all he's good for. I know, but he maintains that badass posture of his where you just want to really admire him like every time he's on screen. Not that he does anything truly like um, admirable at all um, in terms of his his villainry. Um, he's just kind of there. But man, does he look so cool every time he's on the screen. And he has great hand motions, too. Like when he tells like Ninja vanish, it closes his fist. <laughs> it's, it's very intense. Yeah, you really buy it. Uh, the, the the one problem I'll have with this movie is uh, Tatsu and April kind of lost a lot of what they had going for them in the last one. Like April was like really independent badass. She's kind of barely important in this. She she gives them a place mm -hmm. to stay for a little while, and uh, Tatsu uh, lets lets all the foot do everything. He doesn't have like his badass moment where he's just like nearly killing a recruited teenager. <laughs> like it, it, it's very much like. His menace is, is is back a little. He still has the voice. He still has the awesome voice, which completely yeah. the character that's speaking, the guy that you're seeing on screen, obviously. <laughs> and then like you know, Trico does a decent job, but she's she's no Judith Hogue. She just doesn't have really anything. I don't want to say anything special about her because that sounds really mean. There's nothing to set her apart, especially coming right after Judith Hogue's character, which is iconic. Well, and I know that we're not quite there yet, but when you compare her to Megan Fox's character, and I'm not even a huge fan of Megan Fox as an actress or in general, but she does oh, yeah. a way more intense character. Well, Megan Fox is more in the action when you go for it. This one, uh, mm -hmm. she, again, she's, she's, she's like the friendly landlord. She's the roommate. She She's everything we talked the about in the first The frustrated roommate. Like, could you guys clean up? <laughs> could you guys find a place? Could you guys keep it? Oh, my God. You know? <laughs> The the one thing I'll say is I when I was younger I liked this April better because I find her prettier. Yeah. But the first it's April good. had a better character development, I think. Oh yeah, definitely. 
I am going to backtrack on something I said last episode. I'm sorry, Laura, we're giving you so there's so many callbacks. <laughs> this is, to the this is MNT one the review. <laughs> this is this this is like uh, when you're you're joining some two friends that have a lot of history and they're just like talking past you the entire time <laughs> and you're bouncing back and forth. Like I feel like a third wheel here. Now I'll interject. Let's, Go ahead. Uh, I had had trash talk Kino, and I think the whole reason why I trash talked Kino is because. Uh, he's no Casey Jones to me. And I felt like, and I've always mm. been like angry at this movie for it not being Casey Jones. Yeah. And I, I, I I'm going to take back any wrongdoing. I said against him. Cause he is the most proficient martial artist in this movie. Yeah. Like the kicks and shit that he's doing. So like his character is a little bit annoying, but he, he's, he, he sells himself with, with his actions and actions speak louder than words. So uh, the fact that the, what's coming out of his mouth, I wish he would shut the fuck up. Uh, doesn't compare the fact that he can kick pretty well. He just so, no, I he's think- so desperate to help. Like he just wants to be a part of the turtles so bad. He seems very like childish and eager. Like he just wants to be a part of the crew. But like any scene that he's in where he's actually doing martial arts, like it's incredible. Like he's such a good martial artist. He was a black belt at nine, which is absolutely insane. I absolutely love Ernie Reyes Jr. and this Kino performance. Yeah, Ernie Reyes Jr., I I had the hugest crush on him when I was younger, and it was interesting to look at him now, um, like, watch the movie, and I'm like, oh, look, he's such a cute little kid. I remember him being so hot, and he looked so little. And so I had to, of course, look up modern-day pictures of Ernie Reyes Jr., and he went from, like, this, you know, like, really boyish-looking hot little kid when I was younger to a very attractive, like, man-looking man. Like, he doesn't have any of that boyishness left in him. So I'm, I'm very impressed with how he's aged, but um, I think the Kino character actually works because. He's got that sort of punk kid, sarcastic, um, goofy sort of edge to him. And so he kind of becomes the comic relief. But I kind of like, well, not that the turtles need the comic relief because they are their they own. But I know, right? But I think it kind of works. Um, I do agree with you though, that he's no Casey. And I like I like Casey in the, the second second movie. Um, oh. But but I love, we'll get like, Ernie Ray, I used to love watching his, his martial arts movies like, three ninjas and all that stuff when I was younger. So yeah, he really kicked so, ass in this movie. I talk about it every chance I get. Surf Ninjas is one of the greatest martial arts movies. That's of what time. I meant. Surf Ninjas, not three ninjas. I should be fired from this position. Surf Ninjas. <laughs> right. yeah, he's, he's, he's not even in three incredible. ninjas. <laughs> His dad too. His dad's an incredible martial artist too. And he's in that movie. Like Dude, that's awesome. Josh hasn't seen it yet. Josh, you need to watch it. It's I haven't seen three ninjas or surf ninjas. So like maybe, maybe if you were I would 10 or 12, been... I'd recommend you see them. Surf Ninjas still holds up. Three ninjas, not quite as much. Oh yeah, yeah I, 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 I doubt either of them. <laughs> Neither of them have turtles. I I wish we had had a Street Sharks movie to compare this to instead. But we're <laughs> we're we're giving what we're giving. I don't know. Like you, you said that he's the comic relief, and then like the funniest line also gives off incel vibes from him. It's like right at the beginning, he hits on those girls, and they're like, "Dream on." When I'm maybe when I dream about it, I'll dream of somebody thinner. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, he wanted that girl two seconds ago. As soon as he gets rejected, she's too fat for him. Incel vibes again. A reason I think it's to, insecurity to take- vibes. It's just young, dumb. Like he's a dorky, vibes. yeah, exactly. He's a dorky young teenage kid who's awkward and doesn't say the right thing at the right time, which is what I like about him. But when he does that, it shows that he's not—he's not on it. He's not on his feet. Like that—that that comeback is so stinking ridiculous that it's like, oh, he's panicking in his head a little bit right now, and that actually makes him a little bit more legit. 
Oh, he he just didn't have any Reddit subreddits to post on about right. them. Otherwise, it would have gone to full <laughs> incel. He had to, he had to work <laughs> out his frustrations go. with martial arts. That's the only reason why he knows anything. That's like, why he's so good. No, no women will date me, but I know kung fu. And he gets right into the martial arts too. Like right after that, he's delivering a pizza to a a closed mall with like a toy store, which is like a really weird time to be delivering a pizza in the middle of nowhere. Well, it, it's well, to he the was turtles. It was it was yeah, the turtles he was delivering pizza. across it the, the street. Of yeah. yeah, that's why that's why uh, they were telling Mikey to shut up when he kept on saying, "We saw you from oh, across the street." Right. Come on, man! You, you should have been seeing this movie since your childhood, like at least thirty <laughs> billion times. I have. You should understand this shit. I don't understand why he sees people loading trucks and he decides to uh, to investigate. I would have just thought there were people that worked there. <laughs> oh, I, I would say the same thing. He acts like it's all suspicious, and I was like, "What is so suspicious about a couple of vans and boxes at a mall?" Yeah, like we used to work in a mall. Sometimes people did overnighters. Like it, it's nothing that weird going on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But we weren't wearing pantyhose on our head when we were doing. Overnighters. Yeah, but he couldn't see that. No, he couldn't see that until he came into the building. There was just open trucks there. He's like, "Huh, I'm going to investigate. I stick my nose where it doesn't fucking belong." I can't <laughs> believe he would say something like, "If I saw a bunch of people wearing pantyhose, you know, stealing electronics, I'd be like." You know, you guys have a good rest of the day. That, that's not my fight, but he's delivering for pizza, and he's like, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and dish out some, some hot deep dish justice. Yeah, he's got like, will, a little bit of a mini hero in his heart. I will say this is my favorite scene in the entire movie is this opening action sequence because this is this brings me so much into my childhood. When I was a kid, this was my favorite movie of the trilogy. The it's first fun. one is the first one is now, but this is definitely marketed towards kids a little bit more. And Absolutely. this opening action sequence is so fun. I would imitate Donatello doing that uh, pushy uh, clown thing. <laughs> oh, I would the always like and forth thing. Yeah, oh, I loved I would, that. <laughs> I always did that. I always imitated that crap. The combat cold cuts. The, the missing. <laughs> the missing leak is like I, I don't think that I got the missing leak as a kid. No. But as an adult, that's like it, the wordplay is amazing. They never use their fucking weapons at all. Like Leonardo stabs the ceiling again, but. <laughs> like I think Token Razor would have been no problem if just like Leonardo took his sword and just like threw it into somebody's gut. Like movie's over. Boom. Yeah. Done. No. Yeah. Because they were just brute strength. There was nothing spectacular about them, other than the fact that they were just kind of strong and dumb. Um, which actually I was a little bit like um, it. It makes them. Uh, a little bit unbelievable as the main bad guys. I know that technically Shredder is the main bad guy, but they're set up as the main adversaries that they have to the defeat. And it's threat. just the main, yeah, there you go. Like the main threat taking them down and they, they didn't seem all that formidable. They just seemed like I can pick up a truck and throw it, you know? <laughs> so it was a little I, bit. I, eh. I still love Toko and Razor though. They, they're they, super they were, cute. They're adorable. They were made, they were made because of the original creators, Peter, Peter Laird and uh, Kevin Eastman said no about them using bebop and rocksteady so they're like oh we'll just put a oh. we'll put in something that's similar because they're, they're yeah, not from like the comics that. they eventually were put in later comics but Tolkien and razor made their uh premiere in turtles 2 they made it with like, like leftover that. parts from the henson factory whatever his company is like they said hey we need two bad guys whatever you guys have and they literally just made them with leftover parts and they said like they barely worked like the animatronics Seriously? that they had in there weren't working right like 
I know a lot of people that... like them. Like, what I was reading about this movie, like, a lot of people have a problem with them. I think it's my nostalgia glasses. It's the same reason that Jar Jar doesn't bother me as much in oh. episode one. It's because I saw it young. as a kid, and to me, it was part of Star Wars, or in this case, part of Turtles. So, like, I, I still really like Tokar and Rezar. I, I did. They were fun characters, but I, that explains a lot. Like, especially the way that... um. Oh gosh, no, I can't remember which one is the wolf. It's like Razor, right? Um, well, I, I like the way the mouth it. moved and the way it was kind of built, it was just awkward. And well, that, just but I but I like the explanation. Well, no, but they did a better job on the turtles than they did on those two, and that's fine. I didn't have any problem with it, but I noticed it. Like it was it was noticeable to me. But hearing Jesse's explanation actually kind of explains a lot and makes me appreciate those two characters a little bit more. Well, they pumped this movie out like this movie came out like a year after the first one. So they very much just like rushed oh, wow. through this movie. So some of the problems that you can find in this movie, like there's not a lot of problems you can find with the original, like watching back in now. There's some mm-hmm. things you could find with this thing, some that are a little bit sloppier in this one. And you could tell it's because they were just rushing to get this movie out as quick as they could. I mean, the first one made uh, was like a surprise hit, made a lot of money. Uh Apparently, the the reason why we didn't get Judith Hogue back was because she was complaining the entire time about the long shoots and like how much violence there was. So that's why after a year, they already lost one major cast member. Uh, but uh, I still enjoy this. Like I, I laugh at Toka and Razor, especially uh, the way he goes up against uh, Shredder and like his <laughs> his like badassery against them calling him Mama. They're babies. Like it's yeah, yeah. they're like Mama. <laughs> <laughs> and, and David David Warner, amazing actor. I, this is, used to be the movie I knew him from. Now it's like Omen or Waxwork. Like David, David Warner's like a, a legendary actor. And I knew him as a TGRI guy. And like, <laughs> oh my god, they're they're not they're not stupid. They're just infants. And then there's okay, they're stupid infants. They're stupid infants. Like it's it, he's got he's got like comic chap chops on in this movie. He does well. You know what? The first time I saw it, or at least when I saw it as a kid, I never caught onto it, that he deliberately designed them to be stupid. I never knew that. Yeah. I just thought that it was just how they ended up because they didn't have enough time with like a sensei to learn how to talk and learn everything. No, he deliberately designed them to be stupid so they'd be less effective because that's all yeah. he could do being a prisoner. I thought that was freaking smart. Yeah, yeah, like my little kid had with like ADD, what all, all kids kind of have that. Uh, yeah. Didn't pick up on that either. Then I'm just like, oh, listening to dialogue, they, they explain it right out to you that uh, he, <laughs> he he tweaked the formula to make them stupid. But it, it all works, but it also apparently makes the formula more complicated because he's not he's, he's not working off pure ooze. Which, right, uh, because he, he contaminated it. One, one thing I wondered if you noticed, uh, it's TGRI in this, it's TCRI in uh, in the second movie. Uh, the reason all- for that is in the comic books and it also in the second movie that we talk about, uh, the, t- the original name was TCRI, but it has a cosmic uh, influence. The turtles actually were made by the, well, the ooze was actually made by the creature that, or the alien species that Krang comes from, though Krang had had no relation to try and making making the turtles so but they want to take all the cosmic stuff out of it and so they just changed oh. it from uh shit i wrote it down i should have had it ready when i started going into that <laughs> way to start a point and not i i don't yeah way to not deliver tgri is techno global research industries and tcri is techno cosmic research institute so that's that's why they switched it up because the people are gonna really give a crap about that whole thing 
It's a I'll be movie. honest. I paid such little attention that I thought they were the same acronyms. Like I, because I didn't remember from movie to movie. I was like, oh yeah, same acronyms. I actually saw a lot of parallels where they did very similar plot devices, but then the second movie, and I, I'm sure we'll talk about it once we get into that movie, follows the original cartoon more than this movie does. But with some of what you guys are saying now, it makes sense when like, oh, the creators didn't want you to use like Bebop and Rocksteady. Okay, that makes more sense to me now. Um, or when you talk about the wanting to remove the cosmic stuff. So you could see the movies as being totally parallel, but then you have these weird changes that where they where they end up not being like in this one, um, the doctor is a good guy. He's just been kidnapped, right? Professor Perry um yeah. was kidnapped well, by Shredder. But Baxter in the next one's the, like this evil diabolical genius. Well, Professor Perry, I don't think is in the comics, but in the in the yeah, comics, so. Baxter is, and actually, he yeah. April O'Neil is an is an, a, a reporter in the comics. She was a, a programmer working with Baxter on something. So, like, the, all all these things, they're picking things here and there from the comics, some from the TV show, and yeah. just going with whatever the fuck they wanted to do. Uh, but uh, I, I, the the one thing I do, I keep trashing on Kino, and I keep saying that. Uh, I that like I, I've given another shot. I do like when Raphael and him are trying to infiltrate the, the foot, like all the tests, <laughs> right. especially the smoke bomb test, which That's is so completely a hundred percent impossible to do, <laughs> right. but just the ridiculousness of it, like get all these hundreds or something bells off there without making a noise. You make a noise, you're out, gets every single one of them. You don't hear any jiggling until like, uh, until the, the uh, room clears up, which, even Kino wouldn't have been able to stay still enough for all those bells to go out. Like Raphael, maybe he's, he's like the best ninja of all time, but Kino couldn't stand still and just have him place him there silently. Well, and then he gets such a good <laughs> answer too. He's just like, is this enough? And he's got literally every bell in his arms. It's great. Un- unwarranted <laughs> Kino hate. Also, I have to mention it just because it's Michael Jai White, uh, the seed where they're recruiting um, Kino. Michael White, Jai White is just standing right behind Kino, like teenage Michael Jai White before the super action megastar was born, just hanging out as a background role in Ninja Turtles. I read that, but I could not spot him. He's literally right I, yeah, behind Kino that. in that scene, like right wake, oh. when the guy comes up with his bandana. So you guys want to join the Foot Clan? And then they all walk into the warehouse and Raphael's literally just sitting four feet away behind a car, like in plain sight, no attempt to hide at all. Oh, yeah, we did notice the Raphael, but I didn't notice White. So that's one of those things where, like, it's kind of cool to see really big actors now, but back when they weren't big, like all these little sub roles they played or little appearances that they had, that's really cool. Like, I didn't know that. I'll have to go back and rewatch it. I, I have it scene. on right now, and I guess I missed it again because that scene just ended. <laughs> <laughs> but it's another great uh, Kino scene. You know, unsung hero of this movie has to be Vanilla Ice, though, right? Like oh, yeah. Your- go, Ninja. Go, Ninja. I mean, go. He, he is the rap <laughs> hero, though, just not sung. <laughs> he is the sung hero, like, all over that scene. Like, you said your favorite scene's the the opening scene, which is a great scene. My favorite scene's definitely the club scene. Like, it's just everything that's going on. Like, Vanilla Ice dancing in the background, the turtles, you know, shoving... Uh, the fire extinguisher down Tokar and Razor, and then mm-hmm. kicking all the foot clan. And then they break out in like a choreographed dance. Like that whole like 10 minute sequence is just so ingrained into my childhood. It is. Well, it and is. all the stage performers just roll with it. Like not yeah. a single one of like, they all know the lyrics. They all know the dance. Like it's all good to go. I love it. was hilarious. <laughs> and the promoter I, um, in the I, back, don't call the cops. They like it. They like it. 
<laughs> right? It's like, we need the money. And then it's super adorable when Tokar and Rezar go back to being animals. And there's like this little pupper and this little snap, well, gigantic snapping turtle just kind of sitting there like, I love it. What did you think of the new lair? Like as a kid, them so living cool, in the train dude. station, I love that it. I wanted to live there as a kid so fucking bad. It's, it's such an artistic in the weirdest way. Yeah. yeah. Like get the cobwebs down and it's cool. Like the, 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 the although there's one thing I was thinking as soon as I saw him packing up and, and uh, Mike, Mikey's taking the poster off of uh, the lady, <laughs> the sexy, sexy lady off the wall. I'm like, <laughs> April has to have walked it on him, jacking it to that poster. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, it, would, yeah. it would sound like he was. Spoken. It would sound like he was knocking on the door when it was happening. <laughs> he, he just like somebody really wants to get in right now. That's Mikey. <laughs> that's Mikey jacking it to that poster. So I'm sure she's happy to get that out of her house. That's the real reason they were moving out. Like they didn't say it, but that's why Splinter was up on the roof, you know, contemplating them moving out because April told him that she couldn't have it anymore. They're teenagers. They're gonna be jacking it, and they're mutated jacking turtles poor april's apartment is probably like a huge fucking mess there's probably like i'll bet if they took they they should have done sound effect when kino walks in and just like his shoes are sticking to the floor like oh like squish 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 yeah because uh, yeah those three those teenage turtles and you know they're not getting any there's no oh, girls can you imagine the smell that? in that apartment like just one teenager <laughs> in a room is disgusting imagine four of them in one little apartment that oh that's gotta be horrible it's funny you mentioned that scene because uh, i have a problem with that scene when kino like walks in first of all he just barges into her apartment with a pizza which is a bold strategy that's how people get robbed but then he's like walking around and in the first movie, like we saw when Danny was walking around the apartment, the turtles were like hidden in plain sight and then disappeared. In this movie, Raphael like didn't even try. He was literally just standing up with his big old turtle foot hanging out the other side. Like he's not even trying to hide anymore. And Keto goes and steps on his foot and he, you know, he starts wanting to beat him up right away. Also, Donatello. He's also like tapping his foot. Like it was like, tap, 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 tap. I was like, what the hell are you trying to do? And then Donatello, when uh, the nunchucks get picked up, snaps. And it's like an audible snap. I mean, what the fuck are they? These are supposed to be trained ninjas. And they're just forgetting everything because they got comfortable in an apartment for a few months. <laughs> they really sent it in on this one. <laughs> Another thing I think looks really cool still, um, when they go to get the ooze and try to find like the one ooze canister and they're like in the lab, looks nothing like a real lab would look like at all. Like it's got like... Obviously, there's, like the empty canisters. Tubes. Of course, it's a lab. <laughs> but then there's like light <laughs> tubes where it's like just trickling along. Like everything's really lit up. It still looks so cool to me. I don't know why. And it's like the future video games in 3D. Can you imagine? <laughs> but I'm what? wondering, like, so I I don't think that they really focused on the sci-fi aspect of this. I think they really focused on the fights and the ninja aspect because, yeah, a lot of the sci-fi and science and and all that stuff. Um, it just doesn't really it doesn't really work. But I think like Josh said, they were trying to take one plot out of of it and kind of interject another plot into it. And so maybe they just didn't really quite try hard enough. But I I, I really liked and it has the typical like, you know, things break and there's like lights flickering everywhere. I think both yeah. movies did that. Right. And like, yeah, eh, OK, sure. But um, I, I thought it was funny in that in that lab scene where they're all jumbled and they're all fighting. Right. And everyone's kicking each other's butts and like they got foot clan and you got the turtles. And then all of a sudden, like the guy like puts his hand up or whatever, he's got a little smoke bomb. All the clan is behind him and all the turtles are on the other side of the room and he throws a smoke bomb and the turtles just stand there and they're like, what? What's going on? Right. <laughs> it was a little, I was so disappointed. I was like, no, get him. Like, come on. What are you doing? 
And no, later you say on, Ninja the... Vanish, that's it. Let you're gone. And you're frozen. it was yeah done. But yeah. later on, Raphael's <laughs> moving in and smoke like nothing and taking bells off of things. So apparently, they, they knew how to work there around the smoke, and they're just like fuck it, let, let them <laughs> have the fucking ooze. But, but what I like, and up, it's something yeah. I never thought about as an as a kid, but definitely thought about it as an adult. Donnie's on the fucking computer and he has the biggest fucking claws for his hands where he'd be hitting like five keys at <laughs> once. I don't understand. Yeah. Like he should have at least picked up a pencil when he was typing. Like I saw t- No, that's not happening. Like they at least, they at least didn't make it seem like he was doing like proper quality typing, but like still one finger is going to hit too many fucking things or I'm going to type shit. <laughs> I love when he's going on the, he's like surfing on the chair and like all the different ways they could have thought to knock him off the chair. The simplest, just put the stick out in front of the road and have him (laughs) flip over it. It's such just a perfect. And he sees it coming and he just stays on the chair and he's like, that's great. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. This one ups the children's comedy a little bit more than the other one. They're both really funny. The first one's funny in a more adult way, which is why, yeah, yeah. it's a way, every, it's reason why, you know, we all like the first one so much more now, but this one as a kid was definitely my favorite because this one's definitely more geared towards kids. And I think that's probably why Casey wasn't in it. I think they were trying to just get away because Casey was a, a hockey stick swinging murderer in the first movie. And I think they were trying to get away from that and make this more, you know, like a kid was supposed to see it. So this one's got a lot more like kitty jokes, more slapstick humor. It doesn't have, all the clever wood wordplay that the original one did. Oh, this still has great lines in it though. Like it's, it's a uh, quiet, a little too quiet. That was easy. A little too easy. And then my favorite line in the entire easy. movie is it's wrath. A little too, wrath. A little too wrath. <laughs> That's great. And then splinter with this stupid bow at no point had I ever seen him. He has like a little quiver of arrows and he just, saunters on in all quietly shoots one arrow then just takes off and leads and that's it (laughs) i mean he kind of sticks around a little bit because it shows him kind of like holding back and holding the but he doesn't really do much to help beyond that (laughs) yeah no that was really funny Stallone saw that um, and that was his inspiration for the fourth rambo movie was that scene right there badass rat with an arrow (laughs) i liked splinter in this movie his one-liners were my favorite of all the one-liners i like splinter splinter's always great but uh there was so much more to him in the first movie. Like his, yeah. his, his lines really like fucking stuck with like this stuff, stuff that you can actually take to fucking art. Even if some of the stuff is a little bit, uh, uh, too thinks too much of the world with like all fathers love their sons. Like that's not true, but he has like, he's coming from a good place and all that kind of shit. It, it, it the family dynamic in the first one, feels more important while this one they all oh, absolutely. There's, no, there's no real stakes they've all mm-hmm. become caricatures of who they were in the first movie Raphael's basically the same but everybody else is just bit like the flanderization of all the characters no you're right you're right and especially um splinter so like the first movie was a lot more serious and his one-liners were a lot more thoughtful um and perhaps it's because i watched this movie with my kids this time but the reason i liked his one-liners so much more in this movie specifically when I watched it was because they were funny. Like he actually got kind of witty and, and dorky. He got into the same humor as the turtles. So like at the end when he's like cowabunga and he's like, I made another funny. <laughs> like it's just, it's so stupid and dorky, but it made me, it made me laugh. I think that's so, how they end all three movies with him saying mm-hmm. something. That's not quite a joke, he- but uh, <laughs> well, it, it is to him, which is a total dad thing. Like I say I stuff all the time that no yeah. one but me finds funny, but I'm a dad now, so I can get away with it. 
and I just say <laughs> things that nobody finds funny, and I have no excuse. It's but, not uh, funny. No. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. What I like about Donatello, uh, speaking of one-liners, Donatello tries harder than all the other turtles for like <laughs> something to stand out. In the in the first one, it was Bossa Nova, and this one, he comes in and screaming eclectic. Like <laughs> I like that he's trying. Everybody, everybody else goes for the basics of like Calabongo, righteous or whatever. Like eclectic, he's he's trying. He's thinking outside of the box. And I have an appreciation for Donnie for doing that. It's because he's the smart turtle. We have to constantly be reminded he's the smart turtle. And, and this one, in this one, he's a smart that I can fucking buy because, <laughs> like, it, it's not going into like he's, typing. To, he's not in Tony Stark <laughs> areas of, of intelligence. And this one, it's it's smart that somebody that lived in the sewers could uh, probably come up with maybe. But uh, we'll, we'll get into the second movie soon. But like, I don't buy the Donnie in the in the second movie at all. Uh, in the so, second second movie, the second second movie, <laughs> yeah. the second no, movie of tonight. Now. Yeah, there you go. Which one was the one where he had the Super Nintendo paddle strapped around his arm? I thought it was that, the first second movie, but it might have been the second. second the second second, second, second movie. movie. No, it was the the first that, movie. He had an Xbox on his back. Yeah, the second one, this one that we have coming up next on the podcast, he has like a old school Nintendo controller wrapped really? around on his, his wrist, wrist, like a bracelet. Yeah, yeah, I was so tickled. I was like, "Look, a Super Nintendo <laughs> paddle!" <laughs> wow, I did not catch that. I, I, I depended on uh, Reddit to get the Xbox too. So like, I, I don't. Have, I have terrible vision. Like the glasses aren't helping. <laughs> So one thing that kind of bums me out when I watch this movie is we don't get a real Shredder encounter in this movie between Shredder and the Turtles. Um, He gets on the stage and he's threatening to pour this little thing of ooze on this girl. No one really seems to care. And then they key tar him him off. They put it to 11 and blow him into the dock. And then they get to the dock and he's obviously all oozed up. It's Kevin Nash now. I know no one here is a wrestling Mm -hmm. fan, but... He's a huge wrestler. I, I wrote it down because I found him, like fan. I saw that there was a wrestler in there. I'm like, oh, Jesse was a wrestler in both this. movies. So that's why I bring it up so I can bring it up again later in the, the next movie. But yeah, he's seven feet tall. And like, so you have this huge yep. seven foot shredder now, and he doesn't really get to fight the turtles because they're like under this dock. He, you know, picks a turtle up, he breaks a couple of things down, and then that's it. Like, we don't see any martial arts against the giant, which is kind of a letdown. He picks so up Leonardo my- like they were just like they were swimming in a pool. He's like, oh, lift him up, lift him up. <laughs> my my complaint with Shredder is that he's he's like that throughout the whole movie where he almost he almost I even turned to my husband and said this. I was like, he's utterly worthless as a bad guy, except for like his ability to go in and say one liners like do this. And then everybody follows suit. I was like, if if he didn't have the entire foot clan, like in the palm of his hands, listening to everything he said, he'd be a very ineffectual bad guy in this movie. Um, well, so what was most what was most disappointing though is after he turns into Super Shredder, he defeats himself. Yeah. Like he gets so pissed off at them that he knocks everything over like in under the the pier and brings the pier down on himself, almost survives it and then dies, right? Well, that, and it's that, really kind of sad and pathetic. That was a metaphor about not letting your hubris get the best of you. Like, just oh, it because, was way like, deeper than I could. Like, like, he, like he's big, but he should have been bigger than that. That was the whole problem. So, like, this movie's selling you something. You learn lessons. This is something you should be showing your kids. Well, you did show your kids, but Jesse should okay. be showing his daughter. My daughter's uh, watched all the turtles. She sits there and watches. Good. Them. Then, then she'll be a good person because she learned her lessons from <laughs> the Shredder. <laughs> from Shredder. 
I don't know. That's it. Might be a little bit too deep for a one year old. <laughs> <laughs> Shredder, Shredder really falls off when Toka and Razor get roofied. Like that's really where it was. That signaled the end for him. Like once they ate the roofie donuts and went went to sleep, like he never had a chance to beat the turtles. Did you have any more problem with that scene? Because I I didn't like how the turtles walked up, sat there, and had a whole conversation with Tokar and Razor, and uh, Tokan and Razor. I don't remember. Tokar, Tokar and Razor. Yeah. Tok- Tuck, tuck, and razor. There you go. But nobody stopped. Like, Shredder is just sitting back like, hey, what the hell's going on? Donuts? Oh, okay. That's legit. That sounds right. Right? And the, 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 what Leonardo well, the goes. The, the before donut. the pre-fight donut ritual. And I, Shredder just sits there and watches. And all Shredder's the like, hey, watches. I've been, I've been I was like, for no, a little this... bit. That could be a thing now. Shredder's <laughs> I could donuts. use a donut. Shredder understands it's it's a thing. It just happened to coincide. You usually don't put ice cubes into your fucking donuts, but the pre-fight donut, is, I, I got the body that it's shows that I know martial arts. <laughs> you you've had a few pre-fight donuts yourself, then. Yeah, I, I'm I'm still I haven't gotten into You're the fight the yet, so I'm still I'm, still I'm still eating the donuts <laughs> and waiting for for the fight to start. But uh, let me know how that works for you. <laughs> I, I I like all that kind of crap. It's it's, it's very much a kids movie, so you can like like yeah, all, all sure. the little things that we're nitpicking about, like the keyboard and all that kind of shit. It's just funny <laughs> things that you think about as an adult. It doesn't really take out of the movie for me at all. Mostly Kino mm-hmm. does. Uh, I can't believe Kino bothers you so ridiculous. much. I'm so he, sorry. He, it does it. Kino does not bother Josh, but he has set his feet so deep <laughs> into the fact that Kino is a problem with this movie that he can't backpedal without losing I credibility. Just, I just said he's he's good. He's just annoying. He just needs to shut the fuck up and kick people. Like he should have been like a mute pizza delivery guy who just like kicks people's asses and and like he's like yeah hey, yeah high five on the turtles and shit. He he can get in on the high five when they're like doing their calabunga. He can do that. That that's what his participation would be kicking kicking people's faces and high fiving at the end. He's written terribly. He's not written as terribly as some people that we're going to be talking about later tonight, but out of this movie, he's written annoyingly terrible. I don't know. He kind of blends in with the turtles. If you ask me, like in terms of like, he's young and hot headed and kind of sarcastic and the turtles are young and hot headed and kind of sarcastic. So in a way, if I, I like him, by the way, like he's one of my favorite characters and his, his martial arts are totally legit. And I like, I like that. But, um, I, can't, but I can't say shit if, about his martial arts. Yeah, but if I was going to have one complaint about him, I would say it's only that the character's a little flat in the sense that there's no real contrast between him and the turtles, except that he's not a turtle. So well, also, that, that's a very minor complaint, though, for me. Well, also, he learns his lesson at the end that he that is not his fight after he got to the fucking climax and tried attacking Shredder. He's like, yeah, I, I realized after I got my ass handed to me that uh, this is not my fight. I learned that from a rat. No, no you just saw how fucking you, think you fucked up. And then you're like, oh, I guess I should should have listened to the fucking rat. He didn't learn shit. That's why Kino's not in the third movie. He's fucking died because he's an impetuous little shit. Let me tell you how much that's like an actual teenager. From experience, having raised three of them to adulthood, that is spot fucking on. Like, you can give them all the knowledge in the world and they will do whatever it is you tell them not to do anyway. Like, they have to learn it themselves by doing. You have teenagers fighting Shredder right now? Oh, yeah. You'd be amazed. Everyone has their own Shredder to fight, Josh. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. oh yeah that's right it's metaphorical i forgot <laughs> my my daughter tonight at dinner went to go up and kick my husband like all sarcastically and she kicked the to-go food out of his hand and it splattered on the ground <laughs> so yeah i literally have kids fighting shredder 
I would be amazing. super shredder if that happened to my food. <laughs> it the was whole my house food. would come down. Oh, it's your food. Never mind. <laughs> it was all good. All right. Is there anything else that we need to bring up on this movie? Raphael got his, got kidnapped for being a jerk. The suit, the new layer's cool. April's useless, but beautiful. Uh, Kino's annoying. Is is there any big point that we're missing here? So I think we covered it all. Yeah, all right. So, all right then. Is Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze, a bloody good film? Laura. I loved rewatching it, especially with my kids and catching all the stuff I didn't catch as a kid and just appreciating it as an adult. And despite your feelings about Kino, I think he works well in the film. I think TMNT 2, the first two, is a bloody good film. Jesse? Yeah, 100%. You're an idiot for thinking there's anything bad about <laughs> Kino, dude. Like, <laughs> it's such a great character. Like, even for a kid's movie, dude, like, he's a good character. He fits with the turtles. His martial arts, there's a reason that he was in one of the suits in the first movie. That's because his martial arts is so good. So I'm he glad he got backup. a chance. He was a backup Donatello. He wasn't the Donatello. <laughs> then they saw what they had, and they needed to give him a spot. So I'm glad he got it. He's no Casey Jones, which you know we can all admit. Mm-hmm. But once you take away the fact that he's not meant to be the Casey Jones, he's great. He works perfectly fine. I love this movie. I love Vanilla Ice. This movie is full of nostalgia <laughs> and jokes. The one-liners and the puns that they make, they're still funny. Like, even as an adult, you know, 30-something years later, it's like, it's still funny to me. Like, all the scenes that we talked about, that initial scene, you can laugh the whole time. When they're in the club, you can laugh. Like, when they're just ragging on each other, it's still funny. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. April, you know, it's kind of flat as a character. Um, Splinter, they kind of took away a lot of the splintered things that we loved about him in the first movie. But, I mean, at that point, we're just nitpicking. Um, this is 100% still a bloody great film. It's not the first one, but... It's another comfort film that I can watch over and over. Okay, I, I just want to get my rating clear. The first movie I said was bloody fucking amazing. It's a great movie. I have very few complaints about this one. So don't think just because this one's lower that I, I, I hate this movie or anything. Because uh, I enjoy the hell out of this movie. It's very stupid. It's more comedy than action. It's, it, it lost all of its edge in this one. Kino sounds like he's on the edge of whining and about ready to cry the entire time. It's <laughs> why I fucking can't stand his... I keep going. He he wasn't terrible. He wasn't terrible. He's just, it's okay he's, if you hate him, but damn, he's he's, he's a good martial artist. He's just, he, and I'm sure he's a good actor. He just wasn't given anything to work with. He was just given shit. He had to be a little whiny little turd that every that was in this movie. Uh, the turtles are great, mostly Raphael because uh, even Leonardo barely is able to separate himself from the other the other two uh yeah it, this, is, this is i can't put it in great i i really would love to five-year-old eight-year-old me would have put this in a great i think it's a very a bloody good film though like higher end of good it's just it's can't i can't say great on this there's not enough violence there's not <laughs> enough edge it, it's and no casey jones so yeah bloody bloody good film all right are we ready to talk about teenage mutant ninja turtles out of the shadows Two. Yeah, yeah, you. Are. There's two, no two. two, two, the second two. <laughs> okay, obviously, you guys weren't ready because there's no fucking two in this. Okay, it's <laughs> like bugging you. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Out of the Shadows. Shredder has returned, a lot shorter than I remembered. After a daring escape from police custody with a teleporter, Shredder meets the cross-dimensional alien Krang. When Shredder makes a deal with Krang to get the parts for his transporter that allow his ship. 
to cross over to Earth in exchange for the destruction of the turtles. That's a lot to fucking say. Our green pimpled heroes race to stop them before it's too late. Okay. Let's go into the first thing that, that pissed me off about this movie because Laura already oh, brought God, it up in the, in the first, when we were talking about the first movie. I was like giving shit on, on Kino about him being no Casey Jones. While fucking Green Arrow is even less of a Casey Jones despite Awful. his despite his title oh my god he sounded like sonic the hedgehog and he's supposed to be the badass in this movie he's terrible he has no edge his mask is too big for his fucking face so he looks like a a kid on on halloween trick-or-treating as casey jones he is absolutely terrible even they found an actor that makes megan fox seem like an amazing actress in comparison that's how far down they went okay right (laughs) off the gate anybody else want to get some thoughts and i just i I have to get in I mean, that pretty much does the episode, right? You just nailed everything right there. Holy shit. Wow. He's awful. (laughs) You know, there's only one Casey Jones as far as the movies go. It's the Elias Cotes. Oh, the original one is so far better. Here's a stupid nitpick that I have, but it's a nitpick nonetheless with this stupid character. He has the hockey mask. The reason people have the hockey mask is because they're hockey goalies. Hockey goalies wear masks. In Mm -hmm. the original movie... Casey Jones has a goalie hockey stick. It's bigger. That's why he's smacking everyone around with it. This one, this guy's got a goalie hockey mask and a non-goalie hockey stick. Like, why would you have both of those things in your car at the same time? Stupid nitpick. Still bothers me. He's a terrible actor. He doesn't get along with anybody. He makes Will Arnett look like the strong, badass type character, which is something that's really <laughs> tough to do. Um, yeah, he's by far... I actually was pleasantly surprised watching this movie. Um, I was not surprised with anything that he did. He was absolutely terrible in my eyes. Okay, so while we're nitpicking the Casey Jones, this was a nitpick. I, this was the whole damn. I think this sweater. needs to just be yeah. Screw the rest of the movie. Let's just stay on this for a, a hot minute. Um, I don't necessarily have the exact same. I mean, I, I do think that he is a pretty weak Casey Jones. Um, but what really bothered me about his is that the original Casey Jones isn't a cop, and like I know, oh, I know man. that you have to do shit in movies to change things, and sometimes I can handle it and like i can buy it like okay i i get why they made like the tokar and razor change like oh my god i get it okay i didn't like how they turned him into a sort of a delinquent goofy barely coherent cop that can't really do his job like he was not even a cop he was like a corrections officer yeah like he drove he drove the transportation vehicle for prisoners which is even less than a corrections officer i would think i don't even know to being a detective almost a detective there was That was the clunkiest exposition I've ever seen for a character. He, he's getting—he's yeah. in fucking trouble by his boss for Shredder getting uh, uh, rescued. He's, go, he's in trouble. They tell him to take the week off because he fucking sucks at his job. And he's like, yeah, well, someday I'm going to be a detective. Like, no, like why? you're in what? trouble. You don't want her associating <laughs> you with what, how you want to rise up. She's going to cut that out from under you, you fucking dumbass. But she handled it perfectly let laura linney like slow turn and i can't remember what she said but it was something like uh, no <laughs> right like, I'm, I'm pretty i'm pretty sure she said no and she probably looked like a soft little fart out oh she said good day. luck with that she just turned and she was like good luck with that or something like that i loved it i was like that that's heavily appropriate i think his character actually made the police force overall look really inept um a because you know he's right for one and he's trying to convince them and they're not listening to him but they're doing it in a really arrogant kind of stupid way Like, if he was actually a decent cop, there'd be some sort, even if he fucked up, even if the most notorious criminal using high-tech technology um, and interdimensional portals 
was able to get away from him, he'd still have more clout and they'd at least give him the respect of listening to him. And it well, really I don't think showed... they knew about the teleporter. I think that's just like, Maybe oh, he not, disappeared. But... So he sounds like a fucking dumbass. And he did mention like ninjas coming in a, and saying the truck. So, like, and stupid but Shredder and the Foot Clan, like, did they not see the first movie? <laughs> right? well, they definitely should have given him a little bit more backup on the truck considering that Shredder is like the most notorious so criminal notorious, ever. Yeah. Uh, one no. guy for three prisoners well yeah that that's really <laughs> fucking dumb and why why were bebop and rocksteady in there anyways it's like i would take shredder all by himself michael myers doesn't get transferred with like a whole uh bunch of prisoners when you're that fucking dangerous you get your own fucking you go by truck. yourself yeah last casey jones thing and then i guess we should get to the rest of the movie this idiot takes apart an office chair and straps the wheels to his shoes oh just so God, we can skate cringy. around. It's so stupid. It's cr- and like they wanted that extra tie back to hockey. Like, Ugh. we get it. He plays hockey. We saw it. He was shooting hockey pucks on the first time we saw him. That doesn't mean I want to see it. It's so stupid. Stop forcing it down my throat. Nobody looks cool in rollerblades. I'm sorry. Like, it's it's Maybe it's in fun. the 90s movies, that would have worked. Not I now. was going to say. <laughs> I, I, haven't, I haven't rollerbladed since I was 12, and it was fun. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with rollerblading. You just can't look like a badass while you're doing it. Adam West would probably have, like, rollerblades come out of his shoes and be, like, something silly funny. This is just terrible. It was his badass hockey moment. And so fuck stupid. you, Green Arrow. I'm not going to learn your fucking real name. Your Green Arrow's the worst superhero ever. I don't ever. know. That's he what sh- I said when, when he came on screen. I was like, Mark, it's the Green Arrow. It's the guy from Green Arrow. Like I, I, I don't, don't I don't like the character in the comics. I don't have any interest in the TV show. <sighs> so they got the perfect person to play him on that because this guy sucks. Green <laughs> Arrow sucks. He should not have played. He should not have tried to be a good character though. Let me no, but they could have done Casey a heck of a lot better. Like, oh yeah, maybe we should stop talking about it. But <laughs> I, I do have this one thing to say in terms of hockey is every hockey reference they made in the movie. It, it seemed to me forced. Like they were trying to tie a character that wasn't Casey. It was its own separate character. They were trying to force it or turn it into Casey. And that felt really unnatural to me. I just got to throw that out there. They should have gotten Van Damme for the part. Van Damme knows how to sell a <laughs> hockey player. Sell a hockey player. <laughs> Sudden death. Okay. <laughs> so but, uh, let, let me get another thing I hate out because I actually have positive things to say about this movie, which I, I was surprised. I, I like had this never movie. seen this movie before. This is the only one of the Turtle franchise I hadn't seen. Same. Um, but the opening where they're introducing the characters, I hated it so much. First of all, this is a sequel. We already saw the first stupid movie. But then they go, Leo, the leader, Mikey, yeah. the Joker. First of all, they're not calling them by the full turtle names, which seems like a terrible way to do an introduction. Second, they're getting them all these quirky things. Like, we get it. This is a well-known worldwide phenomena of a title like we don't need an introduction in the second movie it annoyed me so much it's a wasted three minutes and it took forever yeah yeah that was that was my big opening problem the first five minutes (laughs) i hate him so much actually was like the the score is pretty good it has like an epic score going to this while they're going to getting into the basketball game like a cool score i didn't mind the 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 character cards i didn't mind the character character cards cards are dumb because this is a kids movie and kids, kids can't know. remember shit. 
the kids no, know who the turtles no kids 90s know kids know yeah kids are stupid they don't know <laughs> shit the character do, cards yeah. don't the, the character cards are not a problem because the theme was going they're giving each one of them what their personalities are uh, call them by their Le- names leo actually sounds right for what he looks like i think he looks a little better in this movie too than he did in the first movie they're not Johnny as Knox- they trimmed down a little bit johnny knoxville was a terrible leonardo but yeah. this leonardo and this is the actual the same the same body actor is uh coming in from the first movie to play leo all the all the same turtles are, are same actors except for this time leo actually gets to do his own voice and his voice is way fucking better than johnny knoxville so they should have never fucked up with that in the first movie because this fits his face and he sounds like he's from new york instead of sounding like he's from alabama or something <laughs> Is that where Johnny Knoxville's from? I have no fucking clue. <laughs> no, he just doesn't tried, have really a badass voice. I tried no, to, and he didn't I, hide it at all. He sounded very much like Johnny well, Knoxville's again, entire first movie. Yeah. That was that wasn't his fault. They told him to not to change his name up at all or his, his voice up at all. Voice. So yeah, his so that's why he sounded like Johnny Knoxville is because that's what the director told him to do. But still, it was a dumb choice there. This guy sounds makes it way better, Leo. And this time we actually get the turtles are in the lead instead of Megan Fox being the lead. Yeah, Megan Fox became a supporting character in this movie, which is where she should be. April O'Neil is a great character, but she's not the lead. It's not April O'Neil on the title screen. It's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. She is zero of those things. <laughs> But they do start this movie off just so you know it's another Megan Fox led turtle movie. They said we're gonna start the last. So we started the first movie off with her bouncing on a trampoline. This one we're gonna put her in a school's girls outfit right off the start of the movie, just so and you know we have Megan glasses. Fox. And yeah, her no, pants that's so magically funny disappear. She put the skirt on, <laughs> yeah, over don't her pants, questions. and then yeah. lost and then the boom, no pants. That's no, a real that, that was funny because we were watching that. You know, she has like her wig on and the glasses, and she's like playing the beautiful but geeky girl. And then she does that little transition walking through and like grabbing the clothes off the rack like nobody's going to notice and wrapping it around. And then as soon as she ties the shirt, I'm like, yep. And there's Megan Fox. Like It's like, And at that point, I was like, this is is. where this movie's going to go. This is going to be a great movie. (laughs) As somebody that has a male gaze, I appreciated all those things. You don't have to have a male gaze, by the way, to appreciate that. (laughs) She's well, incredibly I'm just, attractive. I'm just talking about what the camera is doing for it's very much. I, I listen to so, too many. <laughs> I listen to too many podcasts with feminist views, which I appreciate. I do, and that they're always complaining about the male gaze. They're like, those are the parts that I like. And <laughs> women like boobs too. By the way, we gotta we gotta be real sometimes. Well, the podcast I listen to, they're very much against that. But we're on our podcast yeah. where we appreciate how hot we, she looks, even with the blonde wig and the glass. Oh, so, the glass. The she's glass actually, I think, so cuter like that. But maybe it's just my taste in oh. Megan Fox. I don't know. But honestly, like, that's no, like the I hottest like she's ever. Megan Fox. I I think that was the hottest she's ever looked. Is when she's uh, flirting with Baxter. Like, oh man, yeah. it, I, don't agree, I don't agree. I don't agree with. I don't agree with her yeah. liking Lord of the Rings better than Harry Potter. Both kind of have problems, especially the Harry Potter movies. <laughs> fucking suck so balls. Judgy. Lord of the Rings <laughs> movies suck balls. But like, uh, <laughs> at, at least Lord of the Rings. Uh, you know what? Both those suck. Fuck it. Uh, yeah, just that's a real Megan Fox it, thing too. Like, uh, that was a real Megan Fox line. Like I saw that in an interview. Like that was actually her. Like talking between geek and nerd. She had said oh, that in an interview, and they had put it into the movie because they liked that so much in the I, interview. I, I watched that I inter- didn't know interview. That. She she's actually like 
all the interviews I've heard with her make me really like her. I know she yeah. wouldn't talk to me at all. She's like, I, I'm not, I'm not the movie star geek. I'm like full on regular geek. So like she'd see me and she's like, Oh, sweaty fucking nerd. Get the fuck out of here. I only like nerds that have pecs, but uh, she's still beautiful. <laughs> she can, she can, she's still beautiful. She can like ignore me all she wants. She looks great in this movie. She seems like she's a cool person to people that she's on her level at least uh, yeah I, I i i do like that she like i said in the last episode she can pain for this role it probably helped that she knew michael bay and, and michael bay is like yeah get a beautiful fucking lady nobody's gonna care about the fact that her pants suddenly disappear because it's <laughs> megan fucking fox on the screen yeah don't ask too many questions it's teenage mutant ninja turtles who cares where the, the pants go honestly <laughs> that, I, I really feel like that was a michael bay note like the like yeah. the director was like <laughs> People I've are seen Transformers. That. that was a Michael people, Bay shot. Like, yeah. he, the director's like, people are going to notice that her pants are gone. People won't care. They'll <laughs> like what I tell them to like. Producer she's, she's, char- she's the same character in Transformers that she is in this one. And I don't necessarily know that that's a critique. It's just an observation. Um, not good or bad, but she is she's, like she's where, where one better. character might be the comic relief. She's the sex appeal. Like, you could have April be really down to earth, really like just modest looking, covered in like the remember that like the jumpsuit she wore in the cartoon. You could totally do up just a jumpsuit and like the crazy hair, but no, I mean, they I- made her like a sex symbol. And I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing when you're talking about like a bunch of parents have to go to watch this with their kids. It kind of just adds a little adult flair to it. I've seen some porn stars pull off the jumpsuit, so it's not like you can't make that. <laughs> I mean, that jumpsuits 90- can be sexy too. Like yeah, nothing underneath not, it. <laughs> it's not like that can't be turned into something sexy. So, like Megan Fox could have made that jumpsuit. She could have rocked a jumpsuit. Like, instead, they had a slightly yellow jacket for her. I'm like, yeah. I guess that's just, enough. So you know I that guess. it's yellow. Just so you know it's her. Um, how did you feel about Tyler Perry as Baxter? He was too tall next to Shredder. Was my problem. He was like, huge. Really? I forget I, how big he I didn't is. Even notice like. I, I thought Shredder was really short and he's like a half an inch taller than me. So Tyler Perry's just like a fucking giant. And he's I'm like sorry, six five or something like that. I, I, like Tyler Perry was, he was trying, he actually wasn't a bad actor in this. He was probably the best of the villains as an actor, but you can't have him towering over Shredder. So like they should have <laughs> Tom Cruise up Shredder or something to give him some I... to stand on. So he didn't look so fucking short compared to him. <laughs> Boots. I disagree because if Shredder can be that short and still have the personality stature and still have the control and the the dominance, I actually think that's kind of cool. Like you don't have to be the tallest person in the room to be dominant. Like Shredder in this movie held his own way better in my opinion than he did in the first two, right? Where he just kind of like was there and complained about the the Tokar and Razor being babies, right? He just he wasn't too intense in that movie. Um, but I loved, you loved he didn't, he didn't like, I loved Tyler Perry as Baxter. Well, he didn't, he didn't but his, his stature was still he, was still better. He, he ran around errands for Krang, and then once he got all of Krang's errands done, he oh, got turned he got into butt a butt Han Solo. And he finally yeah. put on his mask at the end of the movie. Like, I was like happy that he wasn't getting his mech That's suit from the first movie. Mm, the mech suit was cool. gone. I'm like, the mech suit gone he put on the mask he looked like dark helmet from space balls with that stupid fucking mask (laughs) they did a bad fucking job with this like how the fuck is the 90s one with the purple fucking flamboyant colors going on sparkle sparkle shredder and that somehow (laughs) that shredder looks more badass than this one from the new movie they took he took the brian singer's uh black leather leather costume idea which fucking sucked the life out of x-men and they used it on the fucking shredder and now 
up. He fucking looks like a bad dark helmet cosplay. I hated everything about the shredder in this movie. I can't believe you gave him a little bit of credit. I'm sorry, Laura. I, I came like off on you a little face. bit. I'm sorry. Oh like, I, I, I like don't the- mind the outfit. I think the outfit looks fine. I, I like, remember the outfit. Oh, it's a problem, but I, the outfit was very sleek. Like he almost looked like a ninja now. Like it was all black. The mask was a little, a little much. It did fit. Like it wasn't like a a Japanese like Hayabusa type mask, kind of like we get in the original oh, one. Cool. It's very much just like kind of like a spacious mask. I don't know. His, his um, but the rest of the outfit was cool. His outfit barely stood out from the rest of the Foot Clan. He basically looked, looked like looked one like of ninjas. He looked like one of Shredder's minions. Shredder doesn't no, have to be a ninja. He Shredder should stand out. He's in fucking charge. He's charismatic. Baxter's in charge. He's six five. Exactly. (laughs) But you make a good point. Like when he was when they were at the bar, um, it was Bebop and Rocksteady were at the bar and they were talking smack about Shredder. And then like he looks in the reflection and Shredder's right behind him. At first, I thought it was just one of his goons. Like it took me a second to see the face and the features and be like, oh, that's Shredder himself. So when you're talking about the outfit, dude, I absolutely agree. He doesn't stand out the way that he did in the first one. Um, it is sleeker and kind of more badass. Um, but if they had made it a little more, you could add purple and still have it be a fucking <laughs> kick-ass ninja outfit. Um, I mean, Billy but- Zane knows how to pull off purple. Yeah. Shredder should be able to pull off some fucking purple. Imagine Shredder yeah. just like a full-on Billy Zane Phantom purple outfit with that helmet. Exa- that, that's what they should have <laughs> fucking done. Just get the get the Phantom outfit and put on the mask. You the mentioned the um, fucking mask. You mentioned Bebop and Rock Steady. I actually oh, I like them that. in this movie. <laughs> yeah. I like their like banter back and forth. Like they're dumb characters. They don't seem menacing at all. But as like the doofy best friends turned henchmen, I think they're funny together. And that's Seamus, another wrestling star to tie in Kevin Nash from the first. Yeah. Movie. And and, the, and yeah, they were like that in the cartoon though. They they kept them steady yeah. from the cartoon. Yeah. Like in the cartoon, they're, they're a bunch of oafs, and it's like, why would Shredder even keep them around? Because they're fodder. Like if the ninja turtles do destroy them, then oh well, I'm not missing like any they, of my foot clan. When they eat the grenade and he goes, buddy, <laughs> buddy. <laughs> like I felt bad for them for half a second. Like maybe they got blown up and then he goes, buddy. <laughs> they, they were definitely written more off the cartoon. And they were very much kids movie fodder. They don't, they weren't terrible. Yeah. There was a weird part. They did check their dicks when they first transformed. <laughs> <in>. <laughs> <I love that. laughs> and they did the same thing. They're like, buddy. <laughs> yeah. They get a lot excited about that. And then they bump dicks together. You're like, yeah. <laughs> Well, they bump like, their stomachs too. I didn't realize they bump their dicks together. They they sell their dicks that they were bigger, and they're like, yeah, like a they, bump. <laughs> they just touched heads together. But uh, he's like, I don't know if they're fat now, and he's like, you look extra fat, buddy. And this hurt like tapping each other. <laughs> like, it's so the funny. You're like two drunk guys the whole time being best friends and henchmen. I would have written. They it love darker. it. I they love it. it like when this they first dark, got though. transformed into the rhino and the the warthog. They weren't like, what the fuck's happening to me? Oh, no, blah, blah, blah. You know, they were like, oh, I'm a rhino. This is so cool. He's like, what are you? He's like, I'm a pig. <laughs> He's like, OK. <laughs> but they loved it. Like they were they were all like stoked for it. And I thought that's, that that was like, that's my problem with it. They shouldn't be excited about that because well, maybe I'm thinking of it as an adult. Maybe as a kid, this would have been yeah. perfectly fine for me. But I'm thinking like. They check the dicks. Obviously, they want to use them. There's no woman on earth that's going to want to get with that. Well, maybe they're maybe there's, there's no there's, there's no woman that they should. That the fur community might be okay with that, but like I'm not, <laughs> I'm not. I don't want to. I don't want to judge that community, but like I, I don't think they're going to have as easy a time as they think with that. 
They got the personality. That's half the battle. They don't have personality. Did you did you realize who Bebop was? Did you ever watch uh, Malcolm in the Middle? That yeah. was that was uh, the, the his friend's dad, the one with the asthma. He lost a lot of fucking weight. Uh, it took I didn't me. Think of that. I was like, why do I recognize this guy? And it finally clicked. It wasn't his face at all. It was his voice. I'm like he sounds just like I got to. It's that guy. Holy so fucking shit! He lost a lot of weight. Good on him. It's funny that you say his voice because the guy that plays um oh god no I can't remember the character who takes credit for the turtles I can't remember his name Vernon Vern yeah yeah um well, yeah I I recognized his face but couldn't remember what he was from and my Wait, daughter was like really yeah shut up you stole my thunder Reve- she just closed her eyes and heard his voice and she's like oh he's Batman <laughs> right <laughs> it's like oh. oh okay you know him for ba- you don't know you never watched Arrested Development you never watched Hot Rod. Like Will I Arnett, just couldn't see him and couldn't remember what he was from. I was like, I know him, but Will she was Arnett like, Oh, Lego Batman. <laughs> he Will Arnett. I honestly, I never thought I'd like Will Arnett, but then he every time he does something, I go, Well, except for this, I go, Man, I really like Will Arnett. I think well, he's funny. He, and this he's fun. He's like my actor. favorite, my, he is my favorite scene with him was uh, with him and Michelangelo picking on Green Arrow. Yeah. Like when they, when they're just like tag teaming him, like can't even fill in a shirt. And just like some dude that's gonna hang out with us, like, can't even bench press. Like Michael, Lan- like one of the things about this is the turtles are are down pat for what their personalities are supposed to be. Yeah. They don't always have the greatest lines, but like they definitely got the the personalities. The emotions down. are there. Yeah, yeah. And I and I and that, that is one thing that's cool. Like, oh, go ahead. Oh. I did kind of like the conflict that they put out between the turtles this one because it's very much a teenager thing. Like, yeah, they had their accomplishment in the last movie, but now there's there's gonna be a, a butting of heads as teenagers. Like, me and my brother used to fight all the time when we were teenagers. It makes sense that they would be be mm-hmm. butting heads. Uh, I think Leonardo's a dumbass for not wanting to use the fucking liquid, to, the ooze to turn into fucking people looking people. But uh, yeah. which is weird. They were never people. Why would taking the ooze Turn them into people. Wouldn't just turn them back. Yeah, into that doesn't make turtles. sense to me. Or, or it should have turned them, in, or at least it should have turned them into some random fucking animals. It didn't seem to like make any sense why Bebop and Rocksteady just like random fucking animals in the animal pyramid or whatever, and then they get it on them like they're they're human. Whatever, it doesn't fucking matter. The thing is, it made them human. They should have just at least done like what they do with the thing in Fantastic Four. Like once mm-hmm. a year, he turns into a person so he can get busy, and they should have just had uh, the turtles. Every can turn human temporarily, and then like Michelangelo uh, has to go to jail because he's a little bit too aggressive with April, and that's how the I movie should end. A little bit of a perv. You were talking about that that poster earlier, and I was thinking like I don't think it's necessarily the poster that he's just jacking off to because he does not miss an opportunity to like get all flirty flirty with her. Do you there think he he's in April's closet? Like she just oh, like- he's watching her take a shower like a dead. <laughs> No, but you talk about the emotions, and that's one thing I like about all the movies versus the cartoons. And I don't know how it is in the comics, but the cartoons just make Ooh. them like cool, righteous brothers, right? And they all kind of get along and cowabunga. Um, and I don't remember a lot of conflict in the cartoon, like this, the TV series. The, but the, in the, the early, first movies, eighties, the eighties one, not a lot of conflict. But like, I, yeah. I, I'm a big fan of the 2003 uh, Ninja Turtles cartoon. Oh, there's so there's a little bit of conflict in that one. They're, the personalities are more fully fleshed out. It's kind of like Batman the Animated Series where it's written where you can enjoy it as a kid and adult. 2003 nice. series, completely underrated. Well, see, and that is actually exactly the point that I was going to make when you say like the kids and the adults can enjoy it because they have, okay, Bebop and Rocksteady, they're for the kids, right? And then like all the jokes the turtles say for the kids. And even how the turtles are designed 
seems like it's more for the kids, right? Even though they're they're totally a lot more realistic with the the CGI and the costumes and the way they did the the costumes and everything. But um, I don't know. I appreciate the fact that they really got a little deeper and darker with the conflict of them because the rest of the movie it's not really very dark. It's very fun and and childish, and I love it just for that. But um, but I liked the conflict between them. Go ahead. The, con- the conflict was good, but it seemed like they just saw that the movie was getting to an end. Like, okay, we're not fighting anymore. We're- conflict yeah. resolved. They didn't like, really the- go to resolve it. It just resolved itself. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. It was but, like, we're kind of bored of having this problem. What I really enjoyed in this one is, you know, when they go to break into the police department, it's Raphael and Mikey. And, you know, this is their thing. They're going to do it. They don't need Leonardo's permission because Leonardo apparently is just a terrible person. to be. I around. like Mikey and Raph together. Like, yeah, they, they're, they're a great, great combination <laughs> of conflict of personalities. But when they get caught by the police and like the police see that they're these mutant turtles and they call them freaks. And like you see oh. like the the toll that it's taking on Mikey and then they get him back yeah. to the sewers and you like see him sitting there like genuinely like damaged by the fact that people are afraid of him and see him as a freak. Like you see him crying like that's a really cool kind of emotional look at how the turtles feel aside from all the yeah. action and pizza and stuff like that. To be fair, well, Mikey's even... the only really ugly turtle out of the four of them. <laughs> the other oh, three are no, kind of cool Donatello looking. is straight up weird looking. <laughs> Donatello looks weird. His Donatello glasses, looks I think, is what it is. Yeah, if he took yeah. off his if he took off his glasses, he'd be a supermodel. <laughs> That's the same thing for me. Uh, I mean, but, he's, he's, he's their own. But Mikey is fucking gross looking. Everybody else is badass and cool. Yeah, okay. I didn't understand why they made Mikey look that way, but. I liked how, like, in the police station when he was, like, he, he even said it, he's, like, I'm not a freak, right? And he kind of shows his emotions. But then there's that scene where they're in the sewer and they look through the little vent thingy and they see the the Halloween parade. And he's, like, oh, it's, like, the one night of the year where we'll, like, blend in and stuff. I think one of the things that it showed is that it's not easy living in the shadows and that he really had, like, a genuine want to be, like, a part of everything and to be seen and be recognized. And I think that's a very, like, human um emotion and human problem to I, I kinda, work into the script i liked it i kind of wish they had explored apparently it was halloween they should have explored that a little bit more i would have liked to see they the turtles around people and then like they could have all all kind of felt the hurt of that they couldn't do it every single fucking day They're, that yeah. that's really where they should have gone with this this movie's almost two hours long and it mm-hmm. somehow has less character development than the first movie, which was an hour and a half. Yeah. I love that there's a transformer in the parade though. There's like that guy that's yeah. dressed yeah. up as a transformer. <laughs> I was like, Michael Blaze just sitting there laughing. <laughs> yeah, no, that was really awesome. It was a pretty cool costume though. Cause he got, cool. he got back down onto his wheels and he actually started wheeling off <laughs> like that, that I wish I had that Bumblebee costume. I don't even fucking like Bumblebee. <laughs> No, it was pretty legit. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, and then it was kind of weird at the end how like they finally get what they want. And they're finally able to be recognized, and they're like, "Meh, yeah, I'm good." Yeah, because yeah, of, we'll stick in the shadows again. Again, it's fucking arbitrary. There's no fucking reason why they wouldn't want like everything we're seeing from this movie is showing that they 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 want to be liked and and uh, they want attention. Accepted. Like they were getting angry at Vern because he was taking the credit for everything from the first movie, which they told him which to they fucking told do. Him to. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and then at the end of the movie, they're like doing it again. So if if they had gotten the third movie like they planned, they would have been giving him shit all over again. And I, he he, 
Will Arnett's got to be tired of them gaslighting him all the time. Like he's doing what they want. <laughs> they're giving them shit no matter what he does. And he's like putting himself out there where if Shredder saw that, he should he should have been pissed and fucking killed Will Arnett. That would have been like some fucking that would have been from some fucking stakes if I had written this movie. But I mean, <laughs> Will Arnett's also making two hundred dollars a pop uh selling his breath. So he's not exactly in a bad position. Right? I don't know why he's selling his breath when we know that there's a Instagram star that was selling her farts for way more. Yeah. He should have been like, we should have seen like a we should have seen a straw up his asshole and like blowing up those bags. <laughs> so Will Arnett's, Will Arnett's getting drink. the real money. Uh, again, yeah, if, if I had written, again, if I had written this movie, that's what would have happened. I love that Will Arnett though. He's in the scene with Megan Fox where they're hiding in the warehouse and they're like up on top of the the little rack thing, and the the Foot Clan members down below, and Megan Fox like looks at him like, "Hey, to go take this guy at." And he looks back <laughs> at her. He goes, "Why do I have to do it?" <laughs> like, why she's me? Like, she's like, "Look at my boobs, go." <laughs> and then he and then he did it. Which honestly was the most realistic part of the movie. Accurate Uh, representation of life. Oh yeah, because how he took the guy out was like accidental. Like he kind of knocks the dude over and he looks up at her and he's like, "Eh." What I I don't get is they get to Shredder's number two and she gets taken out by a reporter and a cameraman. Neither of them have any like special (laughs) skills at all. And this is the woman that's been standing silently next to Shredder. It was this movie's Tatsu, I guess. And (laughs) And she's pretty badass. Yeah. No, she sucked. She got taken out. She's not, she's supposed to be badass is what I mean. Like the way that her costume looks, the way that her demeanor is, she's supposed to be all badass. And yeah, she just kind of crumbles. I think that was just like Shredder's wife. And like, uh, he he just wanted (laughs) to stay silent next to him. It was very much bringing the culture. It was, it was very much bringing the culture over with him. Like she, she was part of, of a patriarchy that was keeping her oppressed. She was never taught any martial arts because he was taught that women are not supposed to show martial arts. And then he, puts her in front of the fucking in in front of the fucking device and she has no clue how to take out a reporter it was bad on his part well they set up like that megan fox v this lady i don't even know her name in the movie like when Uh, she when megan fox breaks in to steal the purple i think her name was was tatsa (laughs) i'm gonna i'm gonna look really quick because i got it up on imdb (laughs) i don't think that's what it is um but when (laughs) megan goes not that when Megan Fox like steals the purple ooze or whatever, like she slides under the gate all cool because that's how people slide. And then she like flashes <laughs> it at her like, ha ha ha, look what I got. So then like this girl's been holding a grudge this whole time and they finally meet each other and she just gets smacked in the back of the head with like a pan or something like that. Very like, underwhelming. Like she, she yeah. just kick a little cry, bit. By the way, I don't know if that makes any difference, but. Her name's Cry? <laughs> K-A-R-A-I. 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 Oh, because that's, that's, that's terrible than that. Like they, she's they're coming. At, she's coming out of her, and she's like, "What are you gonna do, cry?" And then, bam, <laughs> they got her. <laughs> One small point. She's I sensitive have to make. about that stuff. <laughs> One small point I have to make because I'm the only person in the world that's gonna care about this. Um, is it, is it another? Movie? Is it another title thing? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, 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 no. You know, if it was a title thing, I would definitely bring it up. No, Kelly Hughes in this movie. She plays one of the police force, like the right hand woman of the police force. Um, she's also the love interest in Surf Ninjas with Ernie Reyes Jr. It's a useless tie-in. No one cares about me, but I love her in that movie. She awesome. was such a early childhood crush. Still looks amazing. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> what do we think? Of- I don't give a fuck because I don't know who that is. Wait but, till uh, you see Surf Ninjas. 
Yeah, put it on the schedule, whatever. <laughs> uh, what do you think about Krang? Because uh, I hate Brad Garrett's voice for this. All like, like, and it like he it looks took, awesome. It took goofy. it took me a couple yeah. seconds. It took me a couple minutes to figure out Bebop who that was. I heard Brad Garrett coming out of and Krang. Well, I'm man. like, it's Raymond's fucking annoying brother. No, all this his, does not work characters. for me. Yeah, so actually, like what, it, what it made me think of was um, Tangled. He plays the the bad guy that wants to be a, a pianist, you know, and it's like. <laughs> Well, he does oh look like God. a like, dick in this, so it works. Yeah, a pianist, not a penis. I know, I'm five. <laughs> good I try, the, good try. The but no, I didn't, I didn't looks like cool. Like, as far as, like, how it looks, like, him in the suit looks cool. He's kind of, like, awkward and gummy looking. It, it looks like I think it should look, and, you know, all things considered, I think it looks good. But Brad I, Garrett's voice uh, just annoys me. Yeah, it... He he was a great look, and I was excited to see Crane because I did not know that he was in it. Then so he started talking, like "fuck, that's terrible." <laughs> yeah, that's that's all that's all I heard and all my family heard because we all know him from different either cartoons or Everybody Loves Raymond. Like he's too noticeable, his voice. He's too well known for goofy, dorky roles. So he kind of you lose that credibility of Crane being like a really freaking diabolical bad dude. And I just, I loved though, I gotta say, I loved when the Ninja Turtles, I can't remember which one said it, but one of them's like, he's like a chewed up piece of bubblegum. <laughs> like, yeah. I just was cracking up. What I hate is when Shredder went there and he immediately like frees him. You don't even get a Krang Shredder fight, which would have been cool. Because yeah, that would have been cool. I, this whole movie, I was hoping like Shredder's gonna be a badass without a suit. Never really fights the fucking turtles. He, there was like almost a tiny bit of conflict when he was escaping from police custody, but not, still, nothing really like, even substantial happened there between them and then no no final conflict with the turtles there so the fact that he was didn't get his mech suit like they listened to the crowd who fucking hated that because he looked like a fucking transformer in the first movie and then they just took him out and froze him and then i guess it was like oh he's like an action figure for krang and i <laughs> i hated it i hated it so much i was so fucking angry well this movie's Both missing movies. like set like action set pieces like there's really only two action scenes in this whole movie like they have the the airplane slash like river scene with the turtles and uh, Bebop and Rocksteady. And yeah. then you get that last battle against Krang and neither one of them are anything to write home about. But there's really the first one at least had a lot going on. This one doesn't really have a lot of exchanges back and forth. The plane scene should have been a cool action sequence. They see all all the foot in the plane. They should have like had a cool action sequence with them kicking them out of the plane. Instead, they, but they you see him falling. for a joke. And yeah. I fucking yeah. hated that. Like, plain action sequences, those are the best. Do that. And, like, the turtles could have almost fallen out. But they already established that Raph is afraid of fucking planes. So there could have been some cool conflict there. And instead, they played it for the laughs. I don't understand. They almost had it, too. Like, I was so tense when they were jumping from the one plane to the other. And, like, um, Raphael almost misses. (laughs) Right? And, like, he's all scared and, like. You you actually got some some suspense there? No, I I did. Well, because maybe it's, like, the fear of falling. Yeah. But um, no, when they were um, when they were landing on the other plane and then when, when they were going into that other plane. Yeah, I got like my body was all tense. It was like, oh, my God, I'm kind of nauseated. I think it was that sort of like getting into the movie and like feeling the falling kind of. Um, yeah, it, it built suspense. But then the rest of it was just a bunch of shit falling apart. Like uh, the whole like the plane falling apart, the pieces floating down the river, um, them falling off the river. I loved the part where they're falling down the waterfall and they hear the boom, boom. Oh, yeah, the sound effect <laughs> like, is great. Like, that was 
so satisfying. It was like my a- ASMR or whatever it is just kicked right in. <laughs> I was like, oh, I, I, so I will say this: like the water effects were pretty damn good. Okay. I, I've been watching a lot good. of this, uh, special effects channel corridor, and like they go over how hard it is to make good, convincing water effects, and like. The water looked fucking fantastic. There were some cool camera angles, especially when they're going from underwater to above water. Yeah, like this is yeah. this is this is cool shit. I'm not I can't talk any shit on that. It was probably the best looking sequence of the entire movie, but still oh, it yeah. wasn't like great fights of it against Bebop and Rock City. It was just, they just like, kind of wasted it. It was a wasted yeah. opportunity because they were in the plane with Bebop and Rock City. So they could have had, you know, this big fight against these two behemoths in this tiny area, but they went the jokey route and said, no, what if he got into the tank and blew the plane up and instead? fucking shot the whole plane up? Yeah, that was a I, little bit over the top. A lot favorite, of it over the top. Yeah. My favorite part, though, is when they get out and Roth's like getting out of the water and he's just face to face with a turtle. And he goes, this is <laughs> awkward. It's such a great, great line just to see him in front of just a normal turtle. You know how I saw the whole river scene, though, wasn't so much a fight between them and Bebop and Rocksteady. Like, I know that they were there and they were kind of like vying for the little vial or the little device thing. But I really saw it as like a fight between the brothers. Like, I saw that whole scene as being really, really significant for the fight between the brothers. Like, there's the one scene and I thought it was really well choreographed and really pretty where um, I think it was Leo that was under the water. One was under the water and one was above on something floating. And they're both going for the thing. And because they both go for it for the same time, they lose it and they both blame each other. Like, mm-hmm. I had it. What were you doing? You should have been watching me. And it becomes this conflict that carries them through, like, the next chunk of the movie. Like, it's it, a while before they resolve that conflict. It, that that was when they were doing it well. They just, it just, it felt arbitrary when they resolved it. If they had had it happen, like, but, yeah. in the middle of a fight or something, like, when it was, like, necessary for them, and, like, it all of a sudden just clicked for them that they needed to come together, then I would have been fine. But it all just accumulated in wrath arbitrarily throwing the ooze up against the wall and smashing it. Like, I don't want to be human anymore. And then they come up top in front of the cops and everything. They're just like, yeah, we need somebody with logic. We need somebody with a lot of heart. We need blah, blah, blah. It's like, oh, they're each taking a different brother's attributes for this subtle. Like, fuck You know what that felt like to me, besides just a feel-good message? It felt like, oh my god, we're at the end of the movie and we haven't resolved this yet. 100%. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. It was lazy. And then have, having Casey Jones go up against uh, Bebop and Roxy, I didn't, I didn't care about that. No. The terrible character. Well, not terrible character. Terrible actor playing an amazing character. Not a well-written uh, version of the character, though. A terribly written version yeah. of the character. Yeah. Uh, I'm saying, as far as he goes, I like Laura Linney's character over his character. <laughs> like, Even no. though, I mean, it, she kind of adds to the, the whole like cop ineptness thing when she refuses to listen to anyone. Then if you think about it, like, yeah, it does sound really insane. And they're not giving her anything that she can actually act on. Yeah. They're just giving her a bunch of, like, stress. So I kind of get it. But I thought her character was powerful and well-played. And I like Laura Linney as an actress. So I don't know. In bad. terms of, like, I just, I really think that having him be a part of the police force. It's and the way that he kind of, I yeah, everything about his character kind of fell flat. And so, yeah, I don't know. Casey Jones is, should be a sloppy vigilante. And this one, he's wearing like a nice jacket. He has a nice haircut yeah. or whatever. Casey Jones should have long fucking crazy hair. Cause he doesn't have gross time, too, he doesn't even. Have time yeah. to sit in a fucking uh, haircut place. I can't think of the name place where they cut hair. Barber shop. Barber shop. He, he's too busy <laughs> kicking ass. He only, he, 
didn't have any Jose Canseco bats or anything. He just not, had the hockey stick. Not, not a cricket bat, nothing. He's a hockey player and only no a hockey player. cricket. How am I going to start up conversations with people if I can't talk about cricket out of nowhere? I, <laughs> this, yeah. Uh, I, I said it in the first movie, and I, it still rings true for me, this one. Um, there's a good movie in here somewhere. The first of the second movies, um, there was a good movie in there somewhere. They just missed it. This one, there's another, there's parts of this movie that I really like. I actually enjoyed watching it. I didn't have any problem watching it. It didn't feel like a chore or anything like that. Um, There's, again, a good movie in there somewhere. They just weren't able to bring it all together to make it fully enjoyable. Is is there anything else we really need to dig into in this? Are we ready to get the ratings? Because you sounded really ready to give a rating there. I wanted to. You should just work that into your rating and then I'll give mine. Because I have, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit. But it'll be great to just work into my rating. All right. Is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, no two, out of the shadows a bloody good film? Laura. Okay. So I'm going to use this opportunity to, to somewhat disagree with Jesse. Um, I loved watching this movie. I do have complaints. Um, I do think that there's places where they missed it and places where they didn't. But I looked at it from the perspective of a parent and from the perspective of my children. And it is such a fun and intriguing movie for the kids. Like the action is good for the kids, right? Is that if you're um, watching one liners floor, so you can get in their perspective? We, I mean, seriously, yeah. When we do family movies, we do it right. <laughs> 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 Sit on the floor on pillows. No, I, I'm, um, I'm just kind of really impressed with how they they put it together um, and made it something that can be enjoyable by the adults. Like they had the the Megan Fox sex appeal. They had the one liners. Yes, yeah. They had the smart humor and the completely stupid childish humor. Um, and they took some of the more serious characters and they made them relatable for little kids like Bebop and Rocksteady. And I like that. So I think that this movie hit the mark if you're thinking it needs to be a family movie. And this is keeping kids in mind. So I think with that being said that it was a bloody great film. Does that mean you have it ranked higher than Secret of the Ooze, which you called a bloody I good did. film? I think I told Josh that on Facebook too. I enjoyed this one better. Can you better. still let her come on the you show? Didn't, you didn't <laughs> tell me you liked it better than Secret of the oh, Ooze. I didn't say I was going to defend it though. You're like, oh, you're going to give me a separate perspective as a parent. Uh, what I liked about Secret of the Ooze was the nostalgia. And there was some really great things about it. But I just laughed more and enjoyed this movie more. And maybe it was my kids or like the interactions that we had or some of the bullshitting we did with like, Oh, that's terrible. Um, but I had a lot more fun. Maybe I should have watched this movie with your kids. <laughs> because <that> was, <laughs> you probably that, would. Was not, that was not my perspective from this one. Jesse, <laughs> what, what's your ranking? Not Give it, it, make it official. Um, yeah, th- there's good things in this movie. Um, like I said, I enjoyed watching it. Um, I like this one better than I like the first, second movie. Um, I think it was just done a little bit. I don't know, a little bit more correctly than the first one. Um, I like the character design. I think the turtles look better. Um, we didn't even mention Splinter. Splinter's still a turd in this movie. He was awful in the first one. He's just his, as bad in this one. He has a little bit more hair on his nose, though, so that's a plus. <laughs> he does. His He's just barely in this one. Same. I think that's why we probably didn't talk about him. He's yeah, just not he in He doesn't give it. anything. Monk is annoying. Um, I, I thought like... Monk and Splinter, yeah. <laughs> totally Can we throw in something about the first movie? No, do your review first, because I, I remember something about the first and second <laughs> well, we, movie. We forget shit all the time. Go ahead. Let him finish his thing and then go ahead and jump. Do your um, thing. Do your thing. I think Krang looks cool. 
I think Bebop and Rocksteady are good characters. They were probably the most enjoyable thing about the movie, just their banter back and forth. I like the serious kind of route that the Turtles took at certain parts of this movie. I like the real issues between, you know, being a disgruntled family or, you know, relating to how people feel about you. Like, those are real relatable issues, you know, to adults and children alike. So I think that itself is a good message. Um, There's just no action. There's nothing that really, like, makes me go oh, this is a fun PG-13 kids action movie. Like, there's maybe one good scene if you count the plane scene, and even then it's kind of a wasted scene. So, yes, I enjoyed watching it. I don't think it's a terrible film. It's a bloody watchable film. Ooh, bloody watchable. Do, do you want to get your, your point in before I go ahead and give my ranking, Laura? I mean, it's not that important. If you want me to just throw it in it, now, I will. No, no, go, go ahead. Go you, ahead. Guys, you, you, you guys mentioned Splinter in the guy. second movie and how it was Monk. Oh, <laughs> I was talking over you, giving me a compliment. That's terrible of me. <laughs> oh, I, I tell that to everybody that comes on here. Though. Oh, okay, so good. Don't, okay, don't, don't so it's not it that, that big of a deal. <laughs> I won't. Um, but no, you guys were talking about Monk being the splinter for the second second movie, and I completely forgot to mention like one of the things I love about the first movie that I don't know why this is so important to me, but I think it's awesome. The guy who does the voice of Splinter in the first movie is the guy who does the voice of Elmo on mm-hmm. Sesame Street. And there's we didn't bring that such up at all in the first freaking, episode. I know, and I wanted to. Yesterday, I was thinking about it, and I was so excited about that, and I completely forgot to bring it up. So Wait, there you go. He, go. he goes from, I love you all, my, my sons, to, I'm Elmo. Touch my butt. <laughs> Tickle me, Elmo. Well, 100%. That's range. <laughs> That is, that's kind of impressive. Just, I'm glad you dropped that, that factoid. Uh, okay. <laughs> My rating on this movie, I actually did like this better than the 2014 movie. I think Leonardo sounds better. I think there's character development. It's focused on the turtles. Bebop and Rocksteady are fine. They're whatever. They're for kids. I, I get that. They don't, they're not completely annoying, but they're kind of annoying. Uh, I do think that the bartender should have played Casey Jones. I like that actor. He's in like oh, Dirty yeah. Rock. He, fit, he fits the He's character. The insurance guy. That's the only thing I yeah. know him yeah. from, honestly. You don't know him from Dirty <laughs> Rock. He was also in Rescue Me. He, he, he knows how to play like a badass New Yorker. I'm like thinking, why is he talking to this Green Arrow douchebag when he embodies Casey Jones <laughs> so much more than he does? And he got the, he got interrogated by him th- breaking shit in his bar and he gave up Bebop and Roxy, uh, fucking stupid. I the terrible right, but that's a side note. Uh, I Megan Fox, beautiful. She was a little bit beautiful. better in this movie. Casey Jones was a fucking abomination. Uh, <laughs> Splinter looks better. His hair, he doesn't look as mangy. Like maybe maybe April's been sneaking him some shampoo or something. He he looks better. He still sounds like Tony Shalhoub, and that's a problem. <laughs> yeah. uh, I. I there are things that are done better. I was happy to see Krang in here. wasn't happy to see his vo- hear his voice. I, 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 there's so many things that on paper make this seem like it should be an amazing fucking movie. Mm-hmm. And it kind of just like, seems like wasted potential. It's better than the 2014 movie, which I said was just okay. It's kind of watchable. And this is like more slightly watchable. It's not, it's not like leagues better than the, the original. This is like a bloody kind of watchable Okay, movie. Megan Fox is a beautiful film. 
I'm so glad I enjoyed my time watching it so much more than you too. I did. <laughs> I had a blast. It. I did hate I, it. I hated Casey Jones so much. I hated Casey Jones too. Yeah, I mean they're fun to watch. I mean, I wouldn't discourage anybody from watching these two movies. I mean, like, if you like the turtles, you'll at least enjoy watching this. Maybe not often. They don't have any rewatchability to me. Like I can't imagine mm, yeah, going back and that. wanting to rewatch them again. Yeah. Um, like I do with the originals. But you know, for a first time watch, they're both they're both watchable. They're both enjoyable, especially if you like the turtles. Like if, if I ever actually have my own genetic kids, they're going to be stupid. And this is the kind of movie that they're going to enjoy. So like, this is something that uh, I can appreciate from like thinking ahead. If I'm ever, if I'm ever a parent of my own kids, I can tolerate what I would have to watch with them because this is a dumb fucking movie. Uh, okay. <laughs> Laura, do you have anything that you want to plug before we end tonight? Sure. Yeah, we have been um, working on episodes for Skeptic Hangout. So um, if you guys want to check me out there, um, we do episodes weekly. I have been putting them out on Thursdays instead of Wednesdays, but um, hopefully I'll get back onto my Wednesday schedule. I know you've noticed and I apologize. Um, Life gets lifey. But no, we just pick random subjects. Last week, the um, the one that's coming out today was anthropology. And then next week is going to be health and fitness. So just random ass subjects. But we just kind of discuss them from a skeptical perspective and kind of toss around what we think about them. Um, So, yeah, it's a good time. Check us out. Oh, I'm I'm definitely going to need to listen to health and fitness one because whatever I'm doing is the opposite of that. (laughs) Okay. You'd be surprised what's not on that episode. (laughs) Is is there no beer on that episode? Because that's that's where I'm going wrong. Okay, Jesse. (laughs) What are we going to be talking about next week? You know, Josh, next week, in honor of Purge Day, which we missed, so we're doing it a little bit later. It's actually coming out. The, the purge is the day that we release this or the end of the purge because it goes through midnight into the next day. Uh, the official day of the purge is like from the 21st to the tw- into the 22nd. And we're releasing this on, I think the 22nd we're releasing it on the 29th, but Oh, this movie, this yeah. episode, okay, this episode like, that they're listening to right week. now, people right now, if you, if you downloaded it while it's still dark, the purge is still going. <laughs> Stay inside. Lock your doors. <laughs> Uh, in honor of Purge Night, we decided that we wanted to do the original first Purge movie, which is just not, the Purge. Not, not the, the first, first purge. purge, but the Purge. <laughs> just the Purge, the one that started this franchise. It, ha- it has a hawk in it named Ethan. So look for that one. So <laughs> tune in next week as we talk about the Purge. All right, the beers are empty, which means this must be the end of the episode. Thank you for listening. Make sure you guys go and follow all of our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and even TikTok at Bloody Good Film Podcast. Make sure you guys follow. Leave us a five-star review wherever you get your podcast weekly. Helps us get some new listeners in here. Huge shout-out to Soul Grinder for our intro and outro. Make sure to follow them as well at Soul Grinder Official, at Merrill Gate, and a new add-on this year. Make sure you check out our Season 2 logo done by alvarium.art on Instagram for all your art needs. She is absolutely incredible. And remember, keep it bloody, buddies! <laughs>